Perhaps you think me mad. Perhaps you see this place as nothing more than a mirage. So, tell me, what do you think of the kingdom, Carol? What do you think of the king? I think you're amazing. It's amazing. And you're Shiva? It's uh, Shiva. Shiva. Amazing. I would be speechless if I wasn't already speaking. I don't know what the hell's going on in the most wonderful way. Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. And Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 51, where we're reviewing The Walking Dead, season 7, episode 2, The Well. God, it's hard to remember all these seasons and everything. And recovering. Oh, yeah. We're totally recovering from Walker Stalker. Well, Kim is most of all, because Kim is volunteering. Well, Scott's yep. sick as a dog. Oh, that's true. Scott's recovering from uh, sounding awful. So everybody, yeah. that's, that's your treat for tonight. Is um, <laughs> Tired Kim and Sick Scott. Sick Scott. I think, well, we could probably make a drinking game out of it. Every time Scott coughs or you catch a good <laughs> cough, then you take a sip. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> he might Sorry. Caught, he might have caught something at the Walker Stalker Con. Uh I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Got a little bit of a zombie bug. Yeah, really. <laughs> so, Scott, are you drinking anything tonight? Except I'm snot? having cold water and mucinex. Or, as Kim likes to call it, mucinex. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely. They pronounce it differently in <laughs> North Carolina. God, yeah, you sound that's, that's... awful. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, God, this, stuff's, this stuff's drying me up. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm good to go. All right. We got I, important things to talk about. Kimmy, what are you drinking? Thank you. I am drinking one from your neck of the woods, Jam Session from Noda. Hold on, uh, I got to take my first sip. North Davidson. Well, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a pale ale. Yummy. I like that yep. one. That's from our friends at Noda Brewery here in Charlotte. That's one of their... Finer brews. I like now they're it. making some pump, pumpkin Ooh, shit. Really? Oh, Too geez. sweet, yes. probably, uh, right? Is it a yeah. IPA or something? Well, I ain't drinking it. They had Ugh. to go there, didn't they? Everybody's yeah, they going did. there. I'm having, I don't know if you can see mine, Scott. I'm having a cerveza. This is in honor uh, of uh, fear. Oh. It's a Tecate, uh-huh. <laughs> which is um, a microbrew out of. Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. <laughs> which you know what? Actually, oh, wait a minute. On the side it's of the a huge can, one. At, yeah. Um on the side of the can it says White Plains, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Donald Trump. No. Oh, that's horrible. He'll be running them out of the state. Yeah. So Walker Stalker Con was this past weekend and it was a blast. We yeah, had our, it was a good time. We had our listener meet up on Saturday night and some people showed up. We saw Jason from the Walking Dead cast and Grace, Gracie Lou from Under the Comic Covers. And we saw Chris and his wife, who I forgot his name, her name. From the Talking Dead. From the Talking Dead. 
and um, the the people from Empire Podcast were there. That was awesome. I was able to pick the pick the brains of some of the, our fellow podcasters, and then meet some fans and stuff. So yeah, it was really great conversation. There's some nice folks. Yeah, they are. They are. It was great. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, shoot, if it wasn't for Jason, we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. Because Kim got into True. following Jason. So so you guys can blame Jason for this. Yes, exactly. Yes. So blame Jason. You can send uh, <laughs> hate mail to the Walking yes. Dead cast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Karen was there via fa- FaceTime. That's true. And Duncan from the Walking Dead cast mm-hmm. coverage of Fear the Walking Dead was there via FaceTime. Yeah, that's right. That Making the fun. rounds in the crowd. Uh, who did you meet, though? You met tons of people. I did, well, at the bar that night, we saw Kane Hoder, who was Jason. Oh, Kane, he, tra- he almost got on the um, elevator. elevator with us. That's yep. right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, Ben Linus from Lost, Michael Which, Emerson. That actually would have scared the shit out of me if he was on the elevator with us, though. I, well, I've heard he's really nice. I mean, I know he's nice. <laughs> no, I've heard, he was. Like, <laughs> on a social setting, he's very nice. Um, Russ Striner was at the bar. And the next... There was somebody else at the bar that night, but I can't remember who it was. And then the next day, I saw Judith O'Day... Both Judith O'Day and Russ Striner are from Night of the Living Dead, the original Romero mm-hmm. zombie flick. And then, um, oh, and then I saw Freddy Krueger hanging out at the bar. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that was awesome. It's hard to drink with those fingers. Yes. I Fingernails. Did. And they were sitting next to each other, he and Judith O'Day. That was pretty funny. Um, mm. And then at the con, I did panels. I volunteered in the panel room for all three days. And so I got to see all of them up close. And I got to meet... The guys from Sons of Anarchy, I got to meet Dwight, uh, mm. Emilio, mm-hmm. uh, Austin Emilio. Mm-hmm. Um, he almost attacked you. Yeah, he tried to stab you with a pen, didn't he? Yeah, if anybody was following us on Twitter, he'd see a photo of Kim almost getting attacked by Austin Emilio. <laughs> my, yeah. my favorite one that I met, well, when I met Judith O'Day, I started crying. I don't know why. <laughs> But I did because <laughs> she's so nice. And she was like, oh, my God, you're going to make me cry. And then I met. Um, That's your go to reaction, I think. It is. I get very <laughs> emotional. I get very emotional. Be <laughs> like, excuse me, what's your order, ma'am? And you just like start crying. I know. <laughs> I have a soft heart. I met Xander Berkeley, who was the nicest person, the nicest celebrity I've ever met in my life. He yeah. talked to me for so long, and he held my hand, and he told me that he really wants to start connecting with his fans because he's pretty much avoided the limelight for the past 30 years because, you know, he was in Terminator. Um, he was mm-hmm. a, he's was he been he's in a in bunch 24. of stuff. Yep. Yeah, he's been in a lot of he's stuff. He's been in a ton of stuff. I can't even tell you everything. Um, but now he wants to get into, into the thick of it, basically, which is why he was at the con. And he's right. been responding to us on Twitter a lot, too. Yeah, yes. I, th- I think he's just trying to have fun with it. I think I he's like, too. he's avoided it so long um, just because, you know, he's been nervous about it kind of taking over his life. And I think now he's like, okay, well, actually, this could be kind of cool. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he hung out with you for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he gave so. me a big hug. So, yeah, so hopefully we'll see more of Gregory, his character. Yeah. From mm-hmm. the, the hillside. I can't Hilltop. Even, hilltop, hillside. That's our Same street. people. Yes. Um, yeah, so I met a lot of people, and, uh, oh, Strand, Coleman Domingo, oh, yeah. super nice That's guy right. as well, and he tried to pretend like he was biting my neck, and I was like, woo, gave me shivers. He was very nice. <laughs> super sweet guy. Gave Stu shivers, too. Yes. Oh, and he- I wasn't there. He gave us a scoop. He gave <laughs> us a scoop. Oh, what, what do you tell you? 
I said, I told him that I was from the Fear Me podcast, and uh-huh. I said, you, your character had better be back next season on Fear. And he's like, he kind of laughed, ho, 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 his thick, deep laugh, and then mm-hmm. he said, I'll be back. <laughs> God. Yeah, so he's going to be the Terminator. No. Okay. No. But he will be it's back. It's not Arnold. Yes. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great. Cool. I, so, I mean, we all figured he would be, but that's it's nice to confirm it. Yeah. But the best part was just seeing all the fans there. I think over the course of the mm-hmm. three days, there was like 20,000 people that showed up. So it's by far the largest Walker Stalker they've ever had. And it was just really cool to see all the fans that were getting to see their or getting to meet the people that they've loved for all these years. Because it was mostly Walking Dead people, but some right. other people scattered about. And some people were just in tears, like I was with Judith O'Day, but them with like Jeffrey Dean Morgan or mm. Norman Reedus and stuff, and um, Andrew Lincoln. It was very sweet. Well, this yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big one coming back after the tragedy episode. Yes, right. Uh, to open up the season, so I think there was a lot of emotions in general with people who are really tied to the show. I think last time we went, that was when uh, Glenn was still under the dumpster. Right, he had yeah. just, that episode so, had just aired. Yeah, but it was, yeah, everybody was, like, talking about that subject mm-hmm. and, and what they thought. And on this one, it was, um, there was a lot of mixed feelings about that last episode, the 701. As well, far yeah. as, like, was it a good move, was it not? Like, how tough it was? You know, everybody had kind of their own opinions. I think... Um, there was a lot of discussion about it. Yeah, it was good. It was good just to kind of hear other people's insight on it. I thought it was fun. Uh, Stu and I just kind of wandered around on Saturday looking at different things, and I did think it was really cool seeing, the, like, the cosplayers and and just the general amount of fans. People are crazy for the show. Mm-hmm. They're and, nuts. And we got, we got to sit in on a couple panels. Who was on the panel, Stu, that we saw? Um, uh, we saw Ross Marquand and... Yes, um, right. And his Jordan partner. Ro- Jordan Woods Robinson. Yeah, Jordan Woods yes, Robinson. Yes. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, we did great. a concert on Friday night, which was supposedly mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Yeah. Ross Merquand is is super nice guy. He was hilarious, too. He was doing impressions. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, um, Kevin Spacey is awesome. Yeah. And uh, who else did we see? We saw... Um, Chad Coleman. Yeah. Tyrese. We saw, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we saw Tyrese mm-hmm. yes, and, right, right. and Sasha. Sasha. They, yeah, right. they were great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also very personable people. Yes. And I think there was a few kids that actually stood up and asked some questions for them. Oh, that's good. And yeah. They were, yeah, they yeah. were, I mean, complete, like, you know, uh, focused, honest answers for them, too. So it was mm-hmm. good, yeah. Did y'all see the fear I didn't panel? See, I didn't see any uh the fear people besides Coleman Domingo, I think. Because um, um, right. Chris was there and... Oh, no, I did see Chris. I did see him yes, talking to people. Yeah. Mercedes Mason was there. Yep, we saw her. And they did a, They all three did a panel together. Okay. We missed the panel. <laughs> the lines were too long. Well, we did get a picture with um, Michael Cudlitz, the three yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't posted yep, that exactly. on Twitter yet, right? He has to wear a hat now because his head's all smashed in. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's rough. But, Super nice you know. guy. He brought us in for a big old hug. Mm-hmm. Grabbed me on the ass. in and out. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just, they're all just so nice. And I heard that there was one fan who stood in line forever to see Steven Yun. And when she got up to him, she just started bawling. And he just gave her this big old hug and <laughs> was rubbing her back and saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Oh, goodness. 
Well, I don't. The people that went in before oh, us oh to get God. photos, um, like I think the girls were crying or something. He made like some sad face or something when they walked up. <laughs> and so when we walked up to get our photo, I said, "Oh, don't, oh, don't be sad." He said, "I'm not sad." Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. <laughs> I was like, "Thanks a lot." He was like, "No problem, buddy." No, he seems like a very cool guy for sure. Yeah, he's always. Oh, he was definitely enjoying himself. It seemed like yes. I think they all really like interacting with the fans, especially during the meet and greets and in the panels, because the fans get to get up and ask them questions and Mm -hmm. they ask them Mm -hmm. some crazy stuff, but also some really deep stuff. And um, I think they like interacting with everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of their, I mean, they've been doing this for a while, you know, coming to the the Walker Stalker Con and being pretty involved with the fans. So this is kind of their goodbye in a way. I mean, they're still going to come back, but they're not quite as involved. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, the years go on. So um, sure, you know this was. Uh, it does this, seem like they all come back, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. do. They do. But yeah, I mean, they were all there, pretty yeah. much. So didn't see David Morrissey this year. No, he canceled actually. Mm. But you know, one of the cool things about this year too is that Nick and Norman's restaurant is open now in Sonoy, Georgia, and that's the restaurant that's owned by Norman Reedus and Greg Nicotero. And so a lot of the fans got to go down to Sonoy before the Walker Stalkers happened. Mm. And they actually saw both of them, plus Jeffrey Dean Morgan, just hanging out at the restaurant and got their pictures taken at the booths and ate food with them and stuff. You were wanting to do that, one. I you? was wanting to do that. Yeah. Well. Yep, it's all right, all right. Um, but the other cool thing that happened that I didn't even tell you guys about is that Greg Nicotero did a wedding so oh, on wedding Sunday. ceremony. Really? Yeah. He, uh, there was a fan from last year. I think they met on the cruise, the Walker Stalker cruise. And she just happened to mention that she was going to get married. And he, I guess, lost a bet between the three of them, the husband, the fiancés and Greg. And he ended up having to get uh, an online... Pastor yeah. something certification so right. they could actually oh, so marry people. <laughs> right. And then So he did the wedding. So he was you. he officiated the wedding and she came out all dressed in black and the man was all in black. It was awesome. She had zombies for her bridesmaids. <laughs> wow. That's cool. It was pretty cool. So it's all about the fans. Did Greg awesome. have to do the makeup? No. I, oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe that's a That would have been sweet. That would have been cool. He could have come out as like zombie Greg, like when he was staying at the bottom of the dumpster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dumpster yeah. diving, Greg. Yes. Yeah. That was awesome. So we had a good time. And um, Charlotte's coming up. Mm-hmm. Heroes and Villains Fan Fest is coming up in, here in Atlanta in two weeks, November 19th and 20th. And then Walker Stalker Charlotte is in December. And so there's lots going on. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. So if you ever get a chance to go to a Walker Stalker, please do it because you'll have the time of your life. Try to go to at least one of them. You'll have fun. And you'll find out there's some people out there that are just as crazy as you are. All right, so let's go ahead and get into episode two, entitled The Well. And how did you guys feel about this episode, especially considering the pace coming off of the season premiere? Crazy one to start it out. I think think it was needed to have a little bit of break um, after how uh, traumatic that first one was. Um, especially I, I had gone back and forth with some people online too, on Twitter, and they were kind of in agreement that maybe we need one or two shows where they just kind of chill out a little bit and progress the storyline along a little before we see, uh, what, what's going on with Negan and the saviors. Although 
you know, we're still getting a little hint as to what uh, you know, the Savior's involvement with the kingdom on this one, too. So, um, but it was, I honestly thought it was a, it was a really good episode. Um, it just as uh, Carol was a little taken aback. Lucky. Yeah, by, by the theatrics of uh, Ezekiel at the start there. I think I was, too. Um, but I think it was resolved pretty well. Um, but, you know, we can cover some of those during the hit and miss. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you totally. Um, especially, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was, maybe it made the humor seem even funnier <laughs> because I was, because last week's was so gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Carol was hilarious in this thing. And, and the character of Ezekiel's great. That's a good character. Man, I was so excited. Like I know. Yeah. I was, when they showed Ezekiel and Shiva, if, if they had not spoiled that over the summer and showed us that on commercial... Yeah, you're right. I would have been jumping out of my seat. There's your miss. Oh, there That's you go. That's a big miss. Kim was, Kim was saying miss. at the start that she had no miss on this, but honestly, no. I think that was probably the only miss. Well, not the only miss. I shouldn't say that. That was probably the biggest miss in uh, introducing this episode. Um, and not even in, not even introducing this episode. When they introduced the season and they started giving right. away that stuff, it was like... but I- I think maybe they did it just to show that the season's going to be a wild ride, you know. Yeah, showing some pretty out out there characters coming up and so forth. So I know, but he's—they're uh, both so popular to comic book readers. Why would you do that? Maybe they figured everybody knew it was coming anyway. No, I wish I had had a chance to ask Nicotero that on a panel. Yeah, but everybody knew that Glenn was going to die at some point. It's not like they're just going to be like, "Oh yeah, make Glenn die." Yeah, yeah, come give on. Give some impact to you it. Can, I mean, you can milk it out a little bit. It's a lot more than just like, oh, yeah, the guy with the tiger shows up in next season when no one's right. seen anything about him. Right. Because <laughs> if you're just a TV viewer, you have no idea who these people are. I, I mean, I, I guess it, it makes the, the pill of, of him, his actual backstory when he's talking to Carol. Right. It makes it, you know, if they didn't build him up so much, which they did, they didn't build him up that much. But, mm-hmm. um, if they had built him up a lot, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I was in plays a lot, and, and I was actually just a zookeeper. People would be like, what the right. fuck did they just do during that episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because when he started, when he um, opened up to Carol so easily yeah. at that point, I was like, why is he doing that now so quickly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, my thoughts, big time. Yeah, but honestly, it was kind of like, I mean, he understood that she's not buying this crap. You know, she's, um, she, he knows that he's getting ready to lose her trust if he doesn't yeah, tell her but, something. But, but what made her so special? Well, I think I he mean, had... he's got hundreds of people probably in there, so why is all of a sudden he's going to give up the farm for her? Maybe he has a little love interest little crushy poo yeah possibly possibly but I, I don't know i didn't buy it i don't know i well i mean but yeah. i will tell you this i i i love their their relationship i mean i thought that the the give and take between them was fantastic i thought it was really mm-hmm. good dialogue and i thought all the stuff with morgan was really good too more i i think um what's his name lenny yeah lenny james lenny james did a really great job in this episode yeah and his interactions with the uh, the young guy Benjamin, mm-hmm. those were great. Those were great. I, yeah, no, I think his his introduction like of of Ezekiel was awesome, like on time. Yeah, 
when yeah. he brings her in there and 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 there's like oh yeah he's got a tiger that's right <laughs> but I forgot a, to I, he, he does yes. his own thing i like that he does his own thing <laughs> yes. he had some good <laughs> lines he had some really good lines um but even before they he that happened like when they're uh, the scenes when they're fighting the zombies uh when mm-hmm. they're trying to get carol back and you right. got like the zombies getting their heads sliced off and that zombie was awesome yeah, that's yeah, that, was, that was one of the best. The Especially face, that you could see off. the cavities inside yeah. of his mm-hmm. head. Yeah. That was super cool. And then the spider web zombie. That was awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was creepy. That was a good one coming off of Halloween. Oh, those were spider webs? God, yeah. I thought it was like a veil or something. Of spider webs? Like the zombie zombie bride. <laughs> you know, there was another tribute zombie in this one from Night of the Comet. Yeah. From back in 1984, I believe. Yeah, that, yeah. that was like one of my most favorite movies when I was a kid growing up. I, I used to watch well, it every night. The, yeah, and if you go back and watch it, it's horrible. But nonetheless, <laughs> what was the what was the tribute zombie? The zombie is closer to the beginning of the episode, and I need to yeah. go back and figure out exactly where he's at. But he's wearing a red zip-up hoodie and mm-hmm. a red beanie hat. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I have to go back and watch that again. Yeah. I missed that. What a random movie to do a tribute zombie for, though. Yeah, well, there's probably some people there that had the same love of it that you did. I know. <laughs> I never thought I would see it come back. But. Everybody was turned to dust. Hmm. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of the kingdom itself? It's pretty plush there. I don't know. It, I mean, it didn't seem like. I, I don't know that we learned a ton about them other than the fact that they uh, are kind of controlled by the saviors as well, which mm-hmm. which um, Ezekiel's hiding from his own people because he doesn't want to show any sort of weakness that they might right. have. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering how they did that because, uh, you know, um, that very point, um, because Negan likes to make a show of things, right? Mm-hmm. How would they get away with that deal without having to... Deal with him? Maybe uh, Ezekiel didn't send his people to go kill a bunch of Negan's people. (laughs) Maybe not. Good point. Maybe not, but he he killed somebody. He did? Because he does it everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're saying, yeah, Negan. Yeah, maybe he killed killed somebody at some point. Who knows? Um, But... Uh, Ezekiel understands that he states that he you know he doesn't want his um, people to know about because they'll want to fight him because right. obviously they feel that they have some sort of well they have a confidence in, in who they are and if if they find out that someone that they're paying off somebody else just to you know stay in the neighborhood then they're gonna <laughs> right wanna... that's what Benjamin was telling um, telling Morgan right. When they were having a chat. Yeah, which Benjamin's um, the kid that he was training. Right. And, and evidently there's a small, just a small amount that know what's going on outside. Right. You know, um, maybe it's possible that Negan sent his henchmen to do the dirty work this time. Just like maybe he did with the hillside. I mean, I keep saying hillside. Hilltop. Um, hillsiders are the ones that <laughs> clean the hilltop people's plates and stuff yes yeah they're <laughs> they, they, they the hang trash. out on the side of the hill <laughs> <laughs> sorry <clears throat> um but maybe he sent his men to do the dirty work and he actually hasn't shown up yet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. maybe maybe oh, yeah. they acquiesce to these guys right away and so negan hasn't had to make an appearance 
Well, it sounds like you know they've had they've had a you know somewhat long relationship. Yeah. To to establish a uh, a good rapport with well, what what goes for a good rapport with the saviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the savior leader at that um, at that exchange is actually kind of comp- complimentary of them. Right. When the guy was fighting, he was just like, "Hey, these people have been good to us." Yeah, surprisingly. So, but mm-hmm. when he was yeah, when he was trying to pick the fight with that one guy, yeah, yeah and he was yeah. like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, don't be starting shit." Um, but at the same time, that whole th- thing that they're you know they're feeding them pigs Zombies. that have been eating the dead, yes. gross. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they probably taste yeah. a little. Funky. And they, I mean, they enjoy it. I mean, so the one guy was like, "Yeah, we've been fattening them up for you." <laughs> so. I These look know. bigger I mean, than last time. Someone, someone on Twitter actually, I think, had brought the, that point up that, um, you know, was that would that actually, I don't know, would that it, turn the animal? Well, would that turn the people? I guess no, nah, probably not. Well, it's not going to turn the animal because animals can't turn. Obviously, getting blood all over you from a zombie doesn't turn you. Yeah. So I don't think zombie remains. Inside of a pig. Not only that, they were gutted, so they wouldn't have eaten the zombies anyway. Good point. Hmm. Okay. But if if it's a if it's a true virus, it's going to get into the tissue of the pig. But mm-hmm. everybody's got the infection anyways. Right. So it doesn't so really matter. The, the reason you turn into true. a zombie is if you get the fever. But they could be thinking that they're <clears throat> screwing with them in some way. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more of a psychological thing for them. Well, I mean, still because the, the meat's got to taste a little funky, don't you think? Well, they obviously mm. got a. Well, I don't know. I would think yeah. so, because you know, grass-fed beef tastes a lot better than like shit-fed beef. So yeah, but but pigs I, eat I some pretty, pretty crappy two. stuff anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been like, here's a plate of grass-fed beef. Here's a plate of. Shit-fed beef. <laughs> that, that, that was not a happy cow. No, it was not. <laughs> not at all. Well, either now, way, I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. And so evidently they've been, they've been coexisting with the saviors for a little while. Yeah. And um, let me ask you this, though. This is the one thing I couldn't figure out. Why, why were they looking for Morgan? Because the guy says that at the beginning. One of the guys on the horseback, he said, we've been looking for you. Um, is it because of the stable thing? That's what I was going to say. Didn't Morgan last season tell them to just go on or? No, his only confrontation with them was when he and Rick ran into that guy at the stable and Rick wanted to go after him and Morgan stopped him. Right. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was Rick that was with him. Yeah. So I, I mean, so I'm not sure why they were looking for him other than, well, I don't know. I don't know why they were looking for they him. Liked I don't his know staff. why they I don't know why they took him in so far too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean all of a sudden he's with the road crew out there with the pigs and stuff like that. He, like Ezekiel said, take from the well, fill the well. Right, right. But maybe take from the well you know, means, you know, clean up the dishes. Um <laughs> take out the trash. Right. Doesn't mean you go on the secret mission to do an exchange with the saviors. True, I see what you're saying. That's yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah, they seem to have like a uh, trust with him. That was well, they, yeah, him and Carol really. I mean, it was just weird the way that they were already. Yeah, they were already management. Yeah, I mean, they. Yeah. You know, these people didn't have any exposure to these two. They don't know if these two are any good at what they're doing. Right. 
Well, maybe the rest of the people are extremely lame. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they <laughs> must be. I mean, they're and, running around in sports gear. Like, that's going to stop exactly. anything. Uh, the fort, foot locker. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. He's got a, he's got a catcher's mitt on. Like it's going to protect him. Well, I must say that when we first were introduced to the actual community of the kingdom, I was mm-hmm. pretty impressed because the first thing I thought of was Woodbury mm. and how they seem to have their shit together. And mm-hmm. then you see all the the crops that they've got and they've got the goats and they've got the pigs and they've got a really nice group of horses. Yeah. Now, and they had a school going? Yes, they had a school going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were. That was definitely an up and running place, yeah, a cafeteria. But it makes me wonder if they've had any really big confrontations with Negan or with Walkers or any other bad. Cr- oh, you're bad trying guys. to say they're innocent? To they seemed stuff. innocent, just like the Alexandrians. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess they've been lucky because, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like they've had too much to deal with. Well, like they, like he was saying, Ezekiel at the start was saying they needed a leader. Well, I mean, that was actually more later on when he was explaining to Carol. Mm-hmm. They needed a right. leader. But he was portraying himself as a leader. I have to say, some of the <laughs> some of the phrases he, he was using with Carol were hilarious, though. <laughs> as King Ezekiel? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a very royal person. I actually thought, uh, I thought Carol's uh, thing that she said to him was one of the most hilarious things on there when she said, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on. In the most wonderful way. Oh, that, was, <laughs> that was a great line. That's my new favorite line for her. In the most Especially wonderful way. Her face. Yeah. Her face was like, <laughs> like she was tripping on something. I thought she was at first. Was that like, was her. She's stoned. Yeah, she was getting into her, oh gosh, golly gee, kind yeah. of thing. Like, here's some cookies. She was so demure, but thankful. Well, she went space cadet. That was, that was cute. Funny. Well, I mean, yeah, she totally backed it up once Morgan got her out of the place, and she's like, what the hell was that? Yeah, exactly. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah. She, she, yeah, she was she was playing it, of course. Um, but speaking of, of good lines, my new favorite character on the show to replace mm-hmm. Dr. Denise is Jerry. It's got to be Jerry. Jerry's awesome. Well, because Ezekiel kept looking over at him like, mm-hmm. Like you're screwing it up. Stop it, Terry. Yeah. Stop it. He had some good lines too. Like he said, when King Ezekiel said the line about drink from the well, replenished, replenish the well, and Jerry said, "Well said." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Corny puns. Hey, but I got to figure out what uh, what did he and J- Jerry and, and the King had an exchange, and I honestly could not figure out what he said. He said something about oh, you have me pitch kettled. That's what I wrote down too. <laughs> what the yeah, hell Jerry, is that? Jerry said choke it up because he was talking about Shiva. Her chain right. was too loose. Mm-hmm. And then Ezekiel said, your words leave me pinch kettled. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? I'm glad <laughs> we heard the same thing. Did you thing. look it up? No. Okay. Uh, so, that's, I, I believe that's what he said. I heard it too. If any, I don't know okay. what it means, but... But if any well, I'm listeners glad I'm, I'm know glad I'm not losing what the heck that means, let us know. Mm-hmm. Are you pitch kettle? I got verklempt. You old pitch kettle over tickle. there? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said something about to Carol when she first uh, rolled up, and he's like, my, "Oh, my fair lady." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. My damsel in distress. I, I liked I liked Jerry because uh, he's just a big happy dude, and uh, he's a real breath of fresh air. 
Good. <laughs> it was. He was shockingly funny. Actually, it was like. He, I don't think they've had much of a character. Well, you, like you said, Denise was kind of like that, but Jerry's like. He's yeah. like Hodor on J- yeah. Jerry Game of Thrones. Com- well, except he he's says comical. other things that other than Hodor. Right. Well, I mean, I like when he made his made his uh, exit when they were in the garden, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Goodbye, everybody, deuces." Oh yeah, yeah. and he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was good. <laughs> See, just the fact that Ezekiel and Jerry are just such happy-go-lucky guys makes me feel like nothing really bad has happened to these people yeah. yet. No, that's right. true. Even right. though the guy who kind of runs the people who, like. The scouting yeah. parties or whatever they are. I don't know his name, but he seems to be really by the book and staunch. And, like yeah. maybe he was in the army or a police officer or something. The dude that yeah, got beat I up. Mean, yeah. I think they have definitely um, insulated them from what's going on out there. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess these the, the knights are the people that have gone out and met the issues. Mm-hmm. Before they actually got to the community, no, I thought Jerry kind of represented the community in itself. Yeah, um, as being, you know, in some ways kind of comical, but uh, definitely innocent. Yeah. So why do you think Morgan is so accepting of this group? And <clears throat> like Carol asked him, like, what did what did you tell them about us? And he said, "Who are we, Carol?" Like very deep. Mm-hmm. I don't think he. I don't think he totally bought into the group or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think he felt that they were harmless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I don't yeah, think place he was, of place of safety for them right now. I mean, he he knew that it was that it was kooky as shit. Um, <laughs> he even said that when he was, you know, you could see his face when he was wheeling Carol in there. He was kind of like, "How do I explain this? Yeah, mm-hmm. this that's is some true. crazy stuff. There's a little circus going on yeah. in here." But he seems so. to fit in well there. Like well, they're his kind of people. He fits in well everywhere. He fits in well everywhere. I don't know if he fit in so well with Rick's people at Alexandria, especially with the way Carol was before. Well, I mean, Carol. Yeah, but he was he was kind of evolving a little bit more when he I think when he was training that kid, Benjamin, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. he was talking about he gave the kid the notebook and the kid asked him about the inscription in the notebook. And he was kind of alluding to the The fact that book. Yeah, he was alluding to the fact that, well, yeah, it, it you know, it kind of means what it means for each person, you know? And yeah. and he was he was even saying, you know, as far as the, the not killing people. Yeah. I liked when, I liked when King Ezekiel uh, asked him how he learned his skills, and he says, it was a cheesemaker. Yeah, That's cool. but there was no question. No. I don't think Ezekiel even asked him a question about that. He's just like... No, no he didn't delve deeper into yeah. it. Because how the hell does a cheesemaker teach you such good skill <laughs> with right. a staff? Which, by the way, John Carroll Lynch was at Walker Stalker, too. Yes, he was. I wish I could yes. have met him. Stu and I should have gone and talked to him, but we didn't. Yeah, yeah you're no. wimps. Next time. Yep. Well, he's wearing that yep. crazy clown mask. <gasps> Twisty. American I Horror yeah. Story. Mm. I cried. I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he was just holding a balloon and scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that um, Ezekiel's... Persona that he portrays to the people of the kingdom is something that they actually do need. Is it something that is warranted? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, every, or is he taking mm-hmm. it too far? No, I think everybody in this. Oh well, I, I think he's taking it a little bit too far. But I think everybody in this time needs a leader. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but the majority do. 
A leader like King Ezekiel, though? No. But he even admits that it's overboard. I mean, he says that. He says, you know, there's a world of bad out there. And he says, I I just brought an overload of good. Yeah, and he explains the fact that, okay, someone walking up with a tiger, you're going to think, well, okay, he he must have wrestled that tiger. That's a badass dude. Yeah, he must have wrestled that tiger to submission. Mm-hmm. And to control that tiger, right. and the legends like, grow. Yeah, right. So, um, I did like his story that mm-hmm. he reveals that he was just a, a zookeeper that rescued a tiger that happened to be left behind, mm-hmm. the only one left. Right. That was sweet. I can relate to that. I've never mm-hmm. rescued a tiger before, but you <laughs> I've didn't. been a zookeeper. <laughs> you rescued a zookeeper. I've been a zookeeper from a tiger. No. No, but that they rescued a zookeeper from a tiger, and there was a polar bear involved. Anyway, wow, Kim Kim's incredible. She is. Anyways, now you know why I married her. Yeah, Mm, Tiger Lily. No, but I like I like that he's just a normal person who understands that what he's doing is a little bit far fetched. Yes, but he plays it well. Mm -hmm. And he's sincere. mm -hmm. And he's sincere in trying to do it. I'm really, you know. I'm really glad that they revealed the true Ezekiel during this episode because even at the beginning, I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is not at all the way I pictured his interaction with Carol." Oh, really? Yeah, I, it was way off the wall. So really? when when they had that conversation, I was like, "Oh, thank God, they're not going to stretch that out." So mm-hmm. we're going to know the real Ezekiel. Was he not right. quite so theatrical? Well, I mean. It, uh, how I mean, I you're, I mean, you're going to be pretty theatrical when you got a tiger. You are, but I mean, you're you're on the th- and you're the on the throne. You got a, you're the kingdom. You're the king of the kingdom. That's... I mean, he definitely talked like that in the in the comic, but it didn't seem like it was for so so overboard. Yeah, so Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm 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 just glad that they did that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I I think. Um... I, I do think we, I get a better appreciation of him, and it doesn't seem so much like Kooky Town, right? When he when he explains it, so I like thinking going forward that we'll see some more of the the realism of that community. Well, and so I, I agree with your earlier comment, Scott, um, partially. And the first <laughs> when I when I first um, when he first kind of gave up who he was and started yeah. explaining, um, listen. I'm just a lowly zookeeper. It, it shocked me because I was like, "What? Why is he telling Carol so quickly?" Right. Mm-hmm. But when I listened to her, to her conversation again, I mean, she pretty much she as as Carol does, she kind of broke down like all the barriers that she's going to believe any type of bullshit out of this guy. And I think right. he caught on to that pretty quickly because he he said it when he saw her at the bond or when he started started lighting the bonfires when he first walked yes. up on her. And uh, was and he said, you know, I kind of bought into your your speech at the start, but then I just thinking about it a little bit, I realized that, yeah, you weren't you weren't don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, don't bullshit a bullshitter. So right, and she was there. He offered her fruit, and then she was there trying to steal fruit. Know what it was? Yeah, because she was about to leave. Okay, let me let me ask. Why didn't she take Um, the fruit at the start? That was weird. That was weird. Yeah, that was. It was like a very biblical moment for me. It's Did like she not Adam trust and the Eve? Fruit? No, they're not supposed to take from the the tree. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I I just thought it was odd because it came back around, and he was like, "Try the pomegranate, try the pomegranate," and that's and how I the agree epi- with her. The pomegranates are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. 
I agree oh, with that too. Are I do too not much like work. pomegranates. I don't like the seeds inside too much. So. I don't know. No, I wouldn't have the chosen juice that. Juice is good, but, but the they're a very royal type of fruit, mm-hmm. which is why he had them. But the fact that they're growing in Virginia, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Do they grow there? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, let me ask you this though. This is the part I I still am really not quite sure what's going on. But what is Carol's deal? I mean, I'm not sure what she's trying to do. I mean, like, is she, where is she running trying to get away? Go? Yeah. I mean, what's she trying to do? Get away from everybody? She's probably trying to get back to her, her group, right? No. No. no she's no, trying no. to go away from them. I think she just needs some time on her own. She just needs to... I mean, you saw at the beginning of the episode, she's seeing these walkers as the people that they were uh, in a previous true. life, in their real right, life. Right. She's tripping. Right, but but she she's is. always she's always talking about how she doesn't care what happens to her, and so forth. And then you know, but I got to get away. You know, I don't get it. I'm, she I'm, wants attention. No, I totally I don't know what's going on there. I, I totally don't. get it. When you are at that stress point, if you have anxiety, I'll tell you, if you're at that stress point and you have nowhere else to go, the best thing sometimes is to just go away by yourself and just process everything that you've been through. And everything that's going through your mind. So what's her what's her death wish though? What's the death wish about? I don't think she has a death wish anymore. Well, I think no, she I is. don't think she does. I think she's very careless. Why would she have set up house at that place that Morgan took her to if she well, had a death wish? That's what I'm still trying to figure out. No, I think she's evolved. She's coming back. She's still seeing these people as the people that they were, but she now has a a, a will to live. And that's what she's doing. I, I don't know. And now I, Ezekiel, I, there's rumors. Maybe Ezekiel and Carol get together. I don't know. He did show up at her doorstep. He did, and she smiled. With a tiger and a pomegranate. Big old smile. Yeah. I think she has a reason to live now. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't going there with it, but okay, I see what you're, I see your point. Get the, the, the woman side of this. Yeah, mm. whatever. I still don't understand why she has to get out of there I don't, so bad. I, I don't know, Scott. I, through my years of experience, I don't trust women. Well, she. This is this is the point. She doesn't trust herself. Danger, Will Robinson. She was. Danger. She was killing everything in sight, and that still did not save the people of Alexandria and Rick's group. And she starts to understand what Morgan's talking about: how life is precious, and you need to. You, there's no need to kill no. everything in sight. That's true. And now she's like, what the fuck? What do I do? I don't understand. I don't know what I'm doing. And then Morgan's coming the other way and saying, right. well, maybe I should kill stuff. Right. She's so confused. The poor girl. Well, then so shouldn't did... Morgan and, and her be? Not necessarily. I mean, he's kind of like a mentor to her or a confidant. Well, not only that, they've be been enemies. They've been en- enemies for that. a long Why time. Why did you assume that? Because you did the finger thing. No, I was saying they're going to come together. What's the finger thing? Well, they came together. Listeners, I did not do any finger thing. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. Well, I was saying, no, like balance is what I was saying. Yeah, yeah but you know, they've to, been, they've been enemies for a while. Yeah. And and they're starting not to be so much hey, man, I mean, I loved, I, loved when, uh, I loved when Morgan said, uh, said uh, you know, you're the favorite person I've ever knocked out. well i think that morgan sees a lot of himself in her because remember before he met the cheesemaker he was killing everything in sight yeah and and he kind of took her on as like a little project i think part of it too is that morgan recognizes her as another outsider yeah um that's a good point they're both not quite 
um, absorbed in their communities. Mentally stable? Mm, there's that. There's that. Yeah, hey, let me ask you this. What was the deal with the flag on the... Uh, on the uh, mailbox? Uh, that almost seemed like a sign to someone. Or, I mean, because it's not like he's going to forget what mailbox he's messing with. He carved, didn't he carve, like, was it an arrow? Carved, was it an arrow? An arrow. An arrow, okay. He carved an arrow on it, which he, he's done, he's carved stuff in the trees before. And yeah. Things like that. But, I, yeah, I was a little confused as to why he was doing that. Well, where was the arrow pointing? Was it pointing towards? the towards? house. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he house. if he was intentionally pointing that house out as like a safe house for later on down the road for or, himself or whatever, but I mean it worked out fine for Carol. Was he leaving a mark in case like Rick or them showed up? Oh, maybe. That's a good point too. I don't know why he did it. I mean, in the He's past done. he did it as just a way to remind himself of where he had been. Hmm. A wayfinder type thing. I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Okay, well, before we get... I, I don't think we really have to talk about that one too much, but I think the thing that you brought up earlier about Carol, like seeing the people... Yeah. And they're like, what the, the hell's going... What is going on with her? <laughs> we just covered that. Well, I know we covered her going a little crazy and stuff, but I mean, why is she seeing the people? Why is she seeing the zombies as because, the people? Because she's going to the way that that Morgan was going, where all life is precious, and you don't necessarily have to kill oh, everything okay. in sight in so order she, to get. She's away seeing from the it. appreciation of what yes. they used to be. Yes. Okay. Did we cover that? I don't know that we covered that part. Well, not that to that deeply. degree. Okay. But I thought it was actually a really good scene where she's seeing them. I thought she was just losing her shit. Well, she kind of is. Okay. But. I think it was a really good scene to see these peop- mm-hmm. these walkers as people. I thought that was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see how they filmed that. Again, I, I just thought she was going crazy, though. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really pull that she was, like, getting an appreciation out of it. But, okay, because she mm-hmm. then went back and killed that person. But I guess that's because she felt bad for, somewhat, for the walker that used to be a person. In that sense. Or it was just driving her crazy. Right, I don't know why I didn't. Th- I thought of this, but when she went back to the house, why didn't she just open the door and let the walker come out there and kill it outside? I, I was wondering the same thing. It's not as stressful. <laughs> I, w- I guess. And you make a um, mess in the house that you're getting ready to stay right, in. Right, right. You got more cleanup. There's no cleaning chemicals anymore. Mm-hmm. You well, know? could do like the, just like the quick dodge. That'd be like, oh, Lock and the walker the door. Yeah, falls out. I know. Yep. And you can even say, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Which in itself is kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I loved loved all the Ezekiel uh, quotes on the walls. Mm, Right. The King Ezekiel quotes. They were on the walls? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hallways. They were painted on the walls. As Morgan's like... They look like biblical quotes well it, it you know what it reminded me of like um like a high school or something where they had little sayings like up on the walls because mm-hmm. they're going yeah. down the hall which I, it probably was in a school that he was because they had right. the big stage and stuff but oh, yeah the right. auditorium but yeah i mean they had put they even had it in the cafeteria they had them on the walls in the cafeteria i do not His remember sayings. that part. yep yep that was kind of cute mm-hmm. i like ezekiel i'm so excited to see what happens with him mm-hmm. and shiva and jerry I think yep. I like Jerry more than anybody else. 
Because he I, heals I, okay. Shiva's kind of like, eh. I tell you who unless I liked. He, unless he uses Shiva to do something. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who I liked is, uh, I like Ben. Benjamin. That little kid? Yeah. Not little kid. I liked him. Well, he's a kid. Young but man. Not a little kid. Yeah, I like that kid. Um, very personal, which means that he will die soon. Yes. Yeah, he He's mm-hmm. not long for this world. Mm-mm. He no, almost Morgan's, died this one. Morgan's getting attached to him, so that means he's going to be the emotional foil. Yeah. He's going to put on his red shirt. Yes. <laughs> and go out into the country. <laughs> With his staff and think he's going to kill somebody. He's going to die. Be on the away party. And Morgan's going to be like, that much more pulled apart with his emotions of mm-hmm. trusting uh, his fighting ability or whatever as being the, the one answer. His philosophy. His philosophy. his philosophy, yeah. Do you remember Beth's boyfriend that died at the big stop when the helicopter came through the roof? That's what he yes. reminds me of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Guy. Yeah, they had the shelves fall on him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We got to know him for like a few minutes, and he was palling around with, with um, I was going to say Norman, <laughs> with uh, Daryl, and then all of a sudden he's gone. He was yep. pretty cool. Oh, Benjamin <laughs> makes at least through a couple of episodes, but he's definitely so. he's definitely on the mark. Well, he will because they won't show the kingdom next episode, probably. Right. No, they're, um, gonna, they're, they're and, going to Daryl the next episode. And uh, our Daryl and our other friend, mm. Ezekiel, De- uh, mm. Negan, no, yeah, not Negan, no, Dwight. No, 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 no. Dwight, Scarface, Scarface, Scarface. Dwight, yeah, mm-hmm. the pirate, Arr. the guy that tried to kill you at the Walker Stalker Con <laughs> with a pen. Yeah, he was about to stab you in the back. I know. That was a funny picture. I'm glad you made it home, Kim, and I think I'm glad that we're about to take a break. Me too. On that note, we are going to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Well, I'm Easy E. I got bitches galore. You might have a lot of bitches, but I got much more. With my super duper group coming out to shoot. Easy E, motherfuckers, cold knocking the boots. Cause I'm a hot thugster. I used to be a monster. If you hurt, you think I own a drugstore. Getting stupid because I know how. And if a sucker talks shit, I give him up. All right, everybody, we're back. Um, just wanted to say that I actually missed my favorite line from the show. No, what's that? No. It was when Ezekiel's talking to Carol, and he says, I know, I know, keeping a tiger ain't practical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to be a fun one. Yes, he is definitely going to be a fun one. I'm interested to see how he interacts with his own people after he's kind of let the cat out of the bag on what his, um, how you know, his his character that he plays for his people. Well, he let the cat out of the bag to Carol, but he's not letting the cat out of the bag to anybody else. Well, I know, but, I mean, come on. Is that cat Shiva? They, they are, they are, uh, they are happy villagers. Yeah. That's all they need to be right now. Background noise. And how do, how much does Jerry know? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's, Jerry. The, Jerry's the real ringleader here. <laughs> All right, so we got our hit and miss. Let's see. Um, Kim, what do you think was your hit and what was your miss? This one was a difficult one for me because I had a lot of hits. 
Mm-hmm. And I had a hard time choosing just one. So I have a hit and then I have two runner-ups. Okay. So my first one is the first appearance of King Ezekiel and Shiva. I was like, ah, that's awesome. They're so awesome. The, that image of them was the exact same image from the comic book. And I was so mm. excited. And then Jerry, of course, is my next hit because he's crazy awesome. He's my right. new favorite. Taking my hit. <laughs> and, um, oh, and then the next hit was the tribute zombie from Night of the Comet. Yeah, except we don't know which one that was. I just told you who he was. The one with the red zip-up hoodie. Oh, And he had red hood, you? red beanie. Okay. All right. Yeah. I missed him. And then we already said what my miss was, which was the fact that they spoiled that Ezekiel and Shiva were even going to be on this season. Yeah, yeah. You mean in the advertisement and so Yeah. Forth. Yeah. Bad yeah. move, AMC. And yeah. I really would I like to know if that was an AMC decision or producer decision. It came late. It was like one of the last previews of the coming season. Yeah. So. All right. Stu, what is your hit and what's your mess? Oh, let's see. Um, you took some of my hits away. So I, I would have to say my hit would be uh, Carol's performance. Mm-hmm. Just her reactions to the whole crazy situation. Because um, I think she was honest, even though she was kind of given that, um, oh, goodness, gosh, kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was on it. It was an honest reaction, you know, in the best way she could be in the most polite way she could react. You know, I mean, you could tell she was still like, what the fuck is going on here? Especially with her, her comment about, um, I don't know what's going on in the most, what was it? Most wonderful way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was, I, I think it was brilliant. Cause it was like, I mean, you could tell she was just like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, I'm completely high as hell right now or something because this is very weird i've gone down the rabbit hole (laughs) exactly i had uh, i i liked the scene the other hit i guess scene was um when ezekiel's doing the trade for the pigs and his Mm -hmm. main guy was fighting that savior guy that was also a very cool scene uh so that was a hit the miss for me i think as we just stated before was that they Revealed Ezekiel before they revealed Ezekiel. I think that was a bad move. Um, right. I don't think they should have done. They could have kept hinting at the guys in the sports authority gear without mm-hmm. without showing him as being like, okay, this is going to be a next big thing. Without showing, they could have shown Ezekiel without showing the tiger. They could have but, done. There's a lot of other ways they could have dealt with let that. Let me ask you this. That. Let me ask you this. Do you think there may be some viewers who saw that preview and went? Oh my God! This show's getting out of getting crazy now. Could be the tigers and stuff like, like that. I'm not the watching shark. this anymore. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the guy, the character, the, the actor who plays Ezekiel was even at Walker Stalker this weekend. And typically, yeah. they don't have those actors come to Walker Stalker or any other convention for that matter until after their episode has aired. Well, honestly, Scott and I were like, "Who's that guy? And why is he?" Cuz yeah. when at Walker Stalker, they they tend to group people like uh based on like what shows they are on cuz they you know, they have the Fear of the Walking Dead. They've got they had stuff for uh Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Um and they'll mm-hmm. group like a lot of the actors together so people are like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy for Sons of Anarchy." So and, when and we saw cla- and the classic actors and so forth. Yeah, and what is his together. name? Who's Ezekiel, the actor? 
I don't. I don't. Kari. Kari okay. something. I can't remember his last so, name. So uh, yeah, uh, Scott and I were like, "Who is this guy? Like, what was he from? Was he right?" Was and like you're saying, the, the strange, or right? That and that's why we thought it was strange because he was right in the midst of of the the bigger uh, actors right. from The Walking well, he Dead. He was right next to Negan, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> it was Jeffrey like, Dean Morgan. Yep. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I was like, uh, wow, this guy's got prominent placement. Who is he? Yep. But yes. without his dreads and stuff on, you do not recognize him at all. I did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did, Kim. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, and he did. He did a pretty good job of flying back to California to be on that uh, the Talking Dead. Talking Dead. Oh, that's right. Afterwards, yeah, he yeah. zipped out of there. All right. Well, what were your hits and misses? My hit. My hit. Well, consolation prize. My hit was the Face Off Walker. That was that one was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my real hit was the relationship between Carol and King Ezekiel. Really? I thought, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, I, number one, Ezekiel's a great character. And I thought their chemistry was actually really good. Hmm. Um, I'm very interested to see where it goes. And obviously, he's he's definitely liking her. Because mm-hmm. um, he certainly shows up at her doorstep at the end. And she doesn't seem to mind. She actually starts breaking a little bit of a smile out when she sees him. Mm-hmm. So that was my hit. My miss was the relationship between Carol and King Ezekiel. What? Why did he open up so much to her about all this stuff? I mean, for God's sakes, there it, there wasn't the motivation there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's in a he's in this community with all these people, and he's not telling any of them any of this, including the the guys that go out into the field with him. There's nobody who knows this. The people he knows and, and trusts. Right. And then all of a sudden this woman shows up who thinks he's a kook, so he just all of a sudden opens up. I imagine there's been a lot of people there thinking he's a kook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what made this different? I, I It just, it, I didn't buy it. It didn't make any sense. I mean, I thought that immediately. I was kind of like, why is this guy telling her this? Hopefully we'll find out the reason in the next yeah. couple of episodes. But I have a feeling, I do have a feeling that he's got a crush on her. Well, it could be attraction, but I, I honestly like look. <laughs> That's like, too valuable of a secret I know. to give up just because you're attracted to somebody. Well, the yeah, first if, time if you it's see that it. important as he's describing that, that it is the thing that keeps everybody in line, that it keeps the society going, that yeah, it is extremely important. Um, but at the same time, during when I when I listened to the dialogue between them a second time, there mm-hmm. was something that cued him off that 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 he was getting ready to lose her, mm-hmm. and he had to say something or or she was going to be gone. And yeah, but something but, like that, I mean, come on. Well, that was that was the biggest secret of the whole show. She already was he she wasn't already knew it was bullshit though. I mean, that's the thing. She right. already knew it was a bullshit line, so it was like he wasn't really well, no, revealing she he was anything. Crazy. He was just explaining why he was doing it. No, I think she thought he was crazy. I don't think she thought he was acting it out with any kind of benevolent motivation. I think she thought he was a nutcase. I don't know. I don't (laughs) agree with you on that one. Well, I didn't see it. I didn't see the reason for that, that disclosure. And so that's why that was my miss. I would encourage everybody listening to this to listen, to watch it again. And see if you can back me up on that. <laughs> All right. I watched it twice. Well, good for you. You get a cookie. I still have my opinion. I do. 
or possibly some more Mucinex or whatever the hell you were calling it. <laughs> Mucinex. <laughs> Putin Mucalax. Mm-hmm. Mucalax. That's what we'll call it. Okay. Okay. Do we San have Francisco any... treat. Well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of uh, listeners and hopefully getting some feedback, we got a lot of listener feedback, and I'm going to try and pull some of it up. Yeah, actually, I think one of the questions I put out on Twitter is, what, what did you guys feel about the... Because uh, I was a little bothered about how uh, Ezekiel was revealed. So I, I said, what did you think about the reveal? And uh, from Fan Mom uh, said, I love him, I love Jerry, and I love the idea of Cobbler three times a day. Ooh, me too. <laughs> Especially if made well. Lunch Cobbler. And Frank on Crank said, nice intro episode to new stuff. I buy King E fabulous and a believable foil to the saviors. Nice. Uh, the Bari Davies said, a good episode and pleasant breather from the horror of Abraham and Glenn's demise, which I think we all can agree. Yes. For sure. Yeah, it was a very necessary episode. Alani Cardenas said, glad he wasn't insanely living in a fantasy land. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, yeah, yeah, that he wasn't really just a crazy guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was a man with a plan. What did he say? You fake it until you make it. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Until you create it. Really is what he's saying. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dakara said, "Enjoyed it. We needed a calmer episode after that premiere. Carol's facial expressions killed me, and Easy's reveal <laughs> um, at the kingdom was interesting." Easy. I like that. Yeah, and Dakar also said, a few people have mentioned the fact that the pigs may be tainted after feeding them walkers. What are your thoughts? Well, we kind of covered that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't think we think that you're going to catch anything from that. I think it's more just a psychological thing for them to say, ah, screw you. Eat our pigs, but you're eating dead guys too. Exactly. Okay, and then we had our very first listener call from our good friend Evan Brookman. Woo, Evan! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> we get to hear what Evan sounds like. Yeah. That's right. I wish I could play the entire call that Evan left for us, but it was very long. It was four minutes. And um, Evan had a r- lot of really good stuff in here, but we picked out just a, a little tidbit and just wanted to play this little part of it. Hi, Kim, Stewart, and Scott. This is Evan in Virginia Beach. You had asked... Was the violence or gore too much, and was I disgusted by it? I'm glad it didn't go further. We have, of course, seen the dead take all sorts of disgusting punishments, but these were the living, and while not disgusted by the ample gore, I think you need not see every iota of brain matter to get the point. If it continued at that level, would it drive viewers away? I suspect the core viewership would stay with it no matter what. But if you had a contingent of viewers on the fringe, I'm sure you could turn some of them off with a continual boundary-pushing gore fest. Hey, thank you for letting me ramble on. I'm looking forward to hearing everyone lament a bit. It should be therapeutic. Take care and enjoy Walker Stalker Con Atlanta. Yeah, I think I think his points are very valid, um, and I think that's kind of what we were start, starting to say at the very beginning is that uh, you know they kind of needed to take a break from a lot of that. Right. Um, there's you know it was wow it, to me. I think we said it in the last podcast that that was overwhelming 
or at least in in my thoughts, it was like there are things that can be hinted at that you don't necessarily have to hang on um, uh, Glenn's big fake eye for 30 seconds. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe show him. Maybe there's a silhouette. Maybe you see some blood in the background. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot of close-ups and, like, the camera hanging on people. Uh, that was a lot of extra gore. And I think, um, well, I think that was evidenced by, we were, we were talking to our brother uh, who doesn't even watch the show, and he watched that episode, and we're like, oh, wrong one to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, exactly right. It was like, Do not exactly start right. The Walking Dead on that episode. Yeah, you know, that one, you, you, like, I felt, like, apologetic. Like, oh, yeah, you don't want to go there yet. <laughs> not you quite ease there. your way yeah, into right. it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was, look, there, it was, Evan, I'm going to go even further. I mean, I just thought it was completely over the top, and they went way too far with it. Um there are they actually cheapen it by going too detailed yeah i think i think you if you um insinuate what's going on you could even show blood splattering and stuff like that that's even more horrific i mean that even that really makes your imagination fill the picture mm-hmm. you know i mean like i said when i saw uh, glenn's big fat eye i actually started laughing because mm-hmm. yeah. i thought it looked so damn fake um well, I think that's and you know, cheap like, in the moment. Well, that's where like you know Ash versus the Evil Evil Dead, which we've watched before. Um, it's like you know it's it's uh, it's cheesy funny, you know some right. of that stuff. Even no matter how realistic they make it, it's like it's still kind of kitschy yeah. kind of right. stuff. Right. You know, you always see yeah the zipper on the monster's back, yeah, as Stephen King likes to say. Yeah. Whereas this show, what they don't show you is more powerful. And I right. think they showed too much, and too much. Um, it, it was the scene would, it was just as powerful when you left it at the end of the last season, and you're mm-hmm. you are the person that's like, getting hit, and you see like and, you know blood on the camera. I, I mean, at that point, it was like almost too far. It was like God, yeah, yeah this is rough. But I think the big difference between this and something like Ash versus the Evil Dead is that we've gotten to really know these characters. Whereas Ash versus the Evil Dead and other things like that, that's only like a 30-minute episode. You're not really getting to know these people as people. They're still just characters on a TV show. But in The Walking Dead, Glenn, for example, he's been on it since the very beginning, and we've watched him mature over the years from this naive, uh, immature little pizza driver to someone who now has a wife and is expecting a child and is, is taking the world on. Full he's become force. one of the leaders of the community. Right. And Abraham, he's always been a strange, uh, a strange, a strong character, but we've also seen him evolve and become more human. And we get the interesting perspective of, of actually having a Walker Stalker after this episode aired because I got to hear Nicotero talk about this particular episode and why they used that much violence. And he said, just as he said in an article that was published right after the episode, that, um, they thought that it was important to the character building of Negan. It's in the comic book. They wanted people to know just how dangerous this man they was and how they did not have to show that. No, but to listen, show that. they needed to show that he that Negan was going to be the unexpected. So whenever Negan comes into your your community, you never know what you're going to get. You're going to get the nice guy or the violent guy. But that being said. 
I talked to a lot of the fans, I talked to other podcasters, and they all agreed that it was overboard and that it was the saddest episode they've ever seen in their entire life. And even the podcasters, like normally, will watch our episodes twice because we watched the first time as a fan and the second time to take notes so that we can actually talk about it. None of them could watch it a second time. Nobody. Really? Really? Nobody could. I think Jason was the only one from Walking Dead cast. And it was because it was too gory it was too violent and it was too personal so they did. i think it was over the top yeah the gore wasn't necessary to show how fanatic or crazy negan is just the violence is what makes him crazy the gore wasn't necessary the violence was mm-hmm. well i think I, mean, I, I think the worst part was when he uh when they he beats glenn and yeah. the camera's just focused on Glenn. Yeah. And all you hear is Jeffrey D. Morgan in the background saying, look, he's all fucked up. Look at his eye that popping was the out. Worst. And you're just seeing, he, and it's just the camera's focused on him that entire time. Yeah. You're right. just watching Glenn as he is dying. Choking and dying. Well, yeah. that's why his death was much worse than Abraham's death. Yeah. Like Abraham's, was... you could kind of stomach, but Glenn's was way more personal because here Negan is making fun of him. And then also Glenn's, trying to communicate with his poor yeah, wife. But no, it, it's all about like the amount of time they're, they're sitting there with the camera on him. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, yeah, you kill someone and then they pan away and something else happens. If you're killing someone and they're focusing the camera on him and just leaving it on him as you're watching the guy die, I mean, that is like, that's brutal. That's like, mm-hmm. that's where it was over the top for me. When he, when they killed Abraham, it was like, oh man, that's rough. They killed Abraham. But you're seeing it from the side, mm-hmm. and then it just happens, and then it's well, over. It's, like it's, but it's almost Glenn, like they're trying to make a snuff film out of this. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. It, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. That's that's where it was like, it just, it, it made it too realistic, even though he had a big fat eye sticking out like a yeah. carp. Yeah, but I mean, think how, think how scary it would have been when, when he, that first scene when he turns around and whacks Glenn. You see it from afar. You don't see it close up. Right. And it was violent, and that yeah. it was horrifying. They didn't have to go to the close up. No. That was scary enough just in itself. Yeah, then it was, then it was just like, ugh, gross. Well, thank you so much, Evan, for calling in and leaving us our very first voicemail. I think you are our very first listener to ever contact us, so you're awesome. Thanks. Well, many of, you know, first of many. Yeah. We hope so. Many of first. So we do have some news items tonight. The first one being that Stephen Yun, speaking of Glenn, was on the Entertainment Weekly cover last week. And the fascinating thing is that he, this is, the fascinating thing is that this is only the third time that an Asian actor has appeared on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Really? Since it started way back in 1990. So that's cool because, you know, there's this whole thing about how minority actors are so underrepresented, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Yun has made such a big role for himself and a big name for himself. And he's starting to branch out a little bit. He was in what was Drunk History, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. He he's was. On, he was on Drunk History. I he's been on. That. Love that show. Yeah, it's an awesome show. Conan and like other shows. He's starting to branch out a lot. So. Yeah. I well, was he's huge in, he's huge into just like um social media stuff too. I yeah. mean he's yeah. very involved mm-hmm. with his fans and stuff. 
So he's become a very influential Asian actor. And yeah, and he's fucking hilarious. He is hilarious. <laughs> so good for him. And he started out as a pizza delivery boy on The Walking Dead. Yeah. How about that? And look where he's now. <laughs> also, Stephen was on Conan last week. And if you can find this online, this is the most hilarious clip you've ever seen. He <laughs> he does a little bit where he is Conan's fill-in for when they're doing rehearsals. And Conan does... It, Conan's too good to come to the rehearsal. So Stephen acts <laughs> as if he's Conan and sits at the desk and all this stuff. Conan's a jackass. But the funniest thing is that Stephen Yun is wearing a red wig. And he during the episode, he well, you have to see it, but he fires like the entire staff. And, and, then, and then at the very end, a special guest comes on. So I'm not going to tell you who the special guest is. You have to watch it yourself. It was pretty right. good. Going to watch it that. It was Definitely. hilarious. I'm going to guess it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, isn't it? No, it's not. Okay. I'll say that much. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. And then uh, Melissa McBride did an interview with E! News about the season premiere and about her episode with King Ezekiel, the one that we just saw. And she said that it was so refreshing to make this particular episode, um, but that it was awkward for her as an actress when Carol smiled at the end of the episode when King Ezekiel showed up at the cottage with the with the tiger. Mm-hmm. And um, she also teased that there's going to be a lot of storyline this season, a lot. So I don't know if that's good or bad or if it's just going to be like pretty much hold on to your pants because it's going to get crazy. But, um, <laughs> so it sounds like it's going to be cool. Sounds like Carol needs to hold on to her pants. I know. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the last little bit of news is that George Romero was also interviewed, um, this time by Cinema Blend. And he stated that shows like The Walking Dead and World War Z particularly World War Z, are responsible for the downfall of the zombie genre. Hmm. Yeah, and he said that he's very upset about the fact that all the gore and the violence, like we were just talking about in some of these zombie shows, is what makes it impossible for him to pitch new storylines for zombie movies because his storylines always have some sort of substance behind it, but people are so used to the violence, that's all they want to see now. They don't care about a story. Oh, I don't agree with that, though. I don't agree mm-hmm. with that either. There's tons sounds of substance ge- to Sounds jealous Dead. to me. I yeah. think he's kind of jealous, too. There's been issues with Romero and The Walking Dead in the past, like when it huh. first started. So, But, yeah, he was saying that when he first pitched Night of the Living Dead, that the whole storyline, there was an underlying idea of miscommunication, and that nowadays right. that would never fly. All right. Yeah, this sounds right, like George. there's some miscommunication now between, between him George and, and what's going on. Yeah, and no, reality. Yeah, it, it, there's tons of subs. I mean, that's what that's what draws people into The Walking Dead, I think, mm-hmm. is the substance of the storyline. Yeah. Because absolutely. the zombies are the background, like we've said many times. It's um, the family show. They are exactly. the tension. They are the tension that provides. That's why we're they so are... happy about there being a school at the kingdom. <laughs> Because the families need to grow. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we had a problem with the premieres because it it just wasn't a family show. No, yeah, I know. They, they, I hope the school system's really working out well at the kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, Shiva's going to be a great pet. and 
Whatever, y'all. All All right. All right. Next week on The Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 3, entitled The Cell, Daryl is taken by Negan to the Sanctuary, home of the Saviors. Meanwhile, Dwight is sent on a mission to bring back a runaway member of his group. Oh, shit. Really? Hmm. Wonder hmm. who runs away. I hope Dwight gets it. <laughs> well, I wonder what are they going to do to Daryl. They better not kill Daryl. They like oh, Daryl, as he him. said. They're they like Daryl, so... They're not killing Daryl. They're just going to try to break him. Yeah. Because mm. he's def- still defiant. Mm-hmm. So, you think it's just going to be focused on Dwight, mostly, and the and saviors? I think it's going to be focused more on Daryl than anybody. Okay, we are ready to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. You can download our episodes from your favorite podcast site, or you can find us on Twitter at Fear Me Pod, on Facebook at Facebook slash Fear Me Podcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. You can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And now you can leave a voice message, just like our friend Evan Brookman did, that we can play directly on the podcast. You will find it on our website. There will be a black bar on the right-hand side that says, leave a message. So please do that, because we'd love to hear from more of you. We'll be back next week for Season 7, Episode 3 of The Walking Dead. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody. So long, honey beer, where I'm bound, I can't tell. Goodbye is too good a word, babe, so I just say fairly well. I ain't saying you treated me unkind, you could have done better, but I don't mind. You just kind of wasted my precious time. Don't think twice, it's all right.